Welcome to Spiritually Raw. We expose and explore controversial truths, myths, and theories surrounding the spirit world. Guests include QAnon experts, investigators, debunkers, and skeptics of the supernatural, unexplained, and flat-out unimaginable. Content discussed on this show is not necessarily the opinion of the cast of Spiritually Raw, and topics quite often are for mature audiences only. This show is not intended to replace any medical, financial, or legal advice, and is for entertainment purposes only. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Hello, everybody. How are you? And welcome to Spiritually Raw. Thank you very, very much for your energy exchange with us today. We hope you woke to the most miracle morning and are also having the most fortunate day today. So guess what? We got a great guest on here today. Mr. William Henry is the spiritual voice and consultant (laughs) producer of the Global Hit History channel series ancient aliens ever heard about that one i bet you have (laughs) anyway he's with us here today so we're going to get to learn more about him in just a moment i do want to thank you very much for staying connected with us through our newsletters through our email list and you can always if you haven't already go to spirituallyraw.com to see that and to uh, get connected with us there and you can always watch this episode and all of our other ones completely uncensored at spirituallyraw.live and then follow us on telegram and spiritually raw yep so thank you. How am I doing so far on that one? Yeah? So you hit it. <laughs> Getting this down better, everybody. I'm trying. I'm trying. But listen, we got a Hempworks minute before we get to our featured guest. So I do want to talk to you about vitality, CBD vitality. So what a it's a pretty interesting combination there. But so y'all are familiar a lot with what the CBD does. CBD does for you helps balance you out, right? Um, so the claims say. And uh, we've been using it. We've had some great, great testimony with it at a personal level. But I will tell you the vitality aspect of that. That's really for those of you, if you think about it, it's like a probiotic. So it's for anything for you all with the gut. Yeah, the gut. Intestinal issues, <laughs> yeah, belly you know, aches, and you feel like you maybe, Yeah, just give it a go. This stuff really works really good. Uh, a lot of people are really just having some amazing benefits of it as indicative by the emails that you're sending to us. So thank you very, very much for that. So if you have any of these gut things and you'd like to learn more about how that can help you, visit our friends at Hempworks yeah. over there. And the link's Vitality. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, thank you. So why don't we bring on our featured guest, everybody, Mr. I'd William Henry. To. is going to let you know about Mr. Henry. How are you? Hi, William. Nice to see you all. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Nice to meet with you. Um, Just, you know, not that you need an introduction because probably most people know you from your shows, (laughs) but you never know. So I'm going to give a quick little intro. William Henry is the spiritual voice and consulting producer of the Global History Channel program, Ancient Aliens. Um, I don't know for a lot of people what I could say. That show's literally made a huge impact and a turning on my life. Um, and he's also the host of the Gaia TV series, The Awakened Soul, The Lost Science of Ascension, and Arcanum with his wife, Claire. He's internationally recognized authority on human spirituality, potential transformation, ascension, 
in transhumanism over 30 years of research. He distilled it down to not many books, only 18 <laughs> and numerous video pre presentations. He's the author of the 2000 bestseller, Cloak of the Illuminati. His latest book, The Skin, I'm going to try to get this one right, Skingular Skin Singularity, Singularity is, near. is Near, The Next Human, The Perfect Rainbow, Light Body, and the Technology of the Human, of Human. Welcome, William. Welcome. How are you? Trans Very well. Thank you once again for having me. It's yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good. So your backstory, just so for those who don't, for those of you, uh, or for those who do not know you as of yet, um, tell us a little bit about what got you to this place and you and your wife doing these kind of works together. What even, what was, what was that driving force for you? Well, I started doing uh, research when I was in college. Uh, I developed a, just a huge interest, uh, like a obsession, really, with the esoteric aspects of Christianity. Who, who were the angels? What was the, the lost teaching of Jesus? How come the church, the traditional church, doesn't want you to know anything about it? And so I, I started uh, just an independent course of study and kept going. And, and I'm still researching those same subjects now, 30 years later. It's like a lifetime search, isn't it, really? It is. It's kind of like a lifetime after a lifetime search, really, because looking back, I mean, there is kind of a sense of picking up perhaps where I left off in some previous time, uh, previous incarnation. You know, I would like to. I would like to understand from you. Um, there's a lot to talk about with you, so I want to get right to it. Is um, the, your your view and your fascination with transhumanism from your perspective? If you can share that with us, sure. I uh, I wrote a book in, in the year 2000 called Cloak of the Illuminati, in which I was uh, tracing a particular symbol called. Uh, it's a power cloak, the robe of glory, the garment of light. There's there's numerous names for it across various religious, spiritual, and historical traditions. And we started linking them all together and noticed that this is kind of a common denominator. There's this power cloak or garment that could be an actual garment that was passed from the gods, extraterrestrials probably, to human beings. And when a human acquired it, they, they acquired luminosity, radiance, super intelligence, longevity, higher consciousness, all kinds of expanded capabilities. And so I'm finishing my book. This is around, again, 2001-ish. And then in 2002, the U.S. Department of Commerce came along with a, a, a report uh, stating that they wanted to, to promote technological advancement to uh, ultimately manifest a new golden age of unlimited wealth or wealth beyond our imagination. And what they proposed was at this time, in this uh, the early 2000s, that there were, they brought all these technology companies together in Hawaii. And they said, some of you are working with genetics, some of you are working with nanotechnology, some of you are working in the area of neuroscience, trying to figure out the brain, others of you are, are working in computers. The Department of Commerce said, we would like all four of those technologies to merge into one seamless technology aimed at the human skin to literally create a, a new skin for humanity, to create replacement organs for humanity, to create nanotechnologies that can be sprinkled into our neocortex. And, and this, of course, is the premise of, of transhumanism, the idea that we can merge the human body with artificial intelligence and these super technologies to create a new version, literally a new species of human. And 
that is the, the beginnings of transhumanism in the modern era. And as I'm looking at that and researching this, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Isn't the Department of Commerce really saying, let's duplicate this power cloak or garment of the gods and let's give humans these super capabilities through technology that would enable them to be like the gods? And of course, back then, I, I I instantly realized this represents bifurcation. Some of us, such as myself, will say, that's that's a horrible idea. Well, we didn't want to merge us with AI and, and take away our, our free will and all of this just for money. Uh, some of us are going to choose to remain organic. We, we want to remain human. We don't want to become transhuman. And and so that was really the start of my my commenting and research on transhumanism. What's the future of that look like for you? So when you, with the research you've done and what you shared with us today, and thank you for that explanation, is that what's the future for you look like? How far away do you think we're as a society, or do you think as a society we're pretty close for pretty much the general public to be able to start to really acknowledge transhumanism at that level? Right. Well, we're, we're kind of like, if you envision you know, the whole subject of human transformation into machines or cyborgs as a swimming pool, we're, we've passed the three-foot mark. We're already in the deep end now. Mm -hmm. and people don't know they're in the deep end, and they're going to have to learn how to swim. And by that, I mean we're merged with AI already. How many millions or billions of people are addicted to these things? Right? Yeah. It's hard to live a day without it. Uh, it's not just the access to information. There's something else that comes along with this. It's the, you know, it's the connection to some greater mind and perhaps the, even the frequencies coming off of these phones and these devices. We're all addicts already. And this is intentional. This is not by accident. This is coming from the highest levels of the U.S. government, a mandate to merge us with machines to make money. That's what it's about. And that's why I say we're in the deep end already. And where do you think they're retrieving the information from? In my opinion, uh, and it's an opinion, it's ultimately coming probably from an, an extraterrestrial source. I mean, ever since the 40s, we've heard talk about U.S. government and its, uh, and its translation of ancient uh, or even modern UFO technology and reverse engineering and how the transistor and laser and other technologies like that have dropped out of this. And, and personally, I'm a believer in it because so much of this technology is non-human. It's non-human in the sense that it, it has nothing to do with advancing the human race. It's all about replacing the human race. It has everything to do with eliminating your individuality. The, the big tech companies, the big tech swingers, as I call them, are even going so far as to redefining what a soul is. They, they want you to believe that you, your soul, that, that precious gift from God, that eternal aspect of yourself, is really just information. That, that all that idea about God and a creator, oh, that's just superstitious nonsense. That's ancient folklore. That's that's Bronze Age or Iron Age gobbledygook that has now been replaced. You're just a machine. And mm -hmm. you have no soul other than all that stuff that you've been putting up on Facebook, all those pictures, every phone call that's recorded, all your keystrokes that's recorded. 
that's your soul, according to the big tech. Right? You're just information. And darling, uh, it doesn't matter if that soul is in one of these things or if, in a, if it's in a, a copy of yourself or if it's in a cartoon version of yourself online. It's still you, which, of course, it's not. That yeah. is non-human perspective. It's artificial. And I believe it's alien. What is there a particular alien race that you believe from your perspective that this is being funneled from? I, I haven't isolated it to a particular race. However, that race is robotic. And I say that because there's only two ways that we can travel the stars. Our flesh and blood bodies, as, as the New Testament says, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of heaven. That is not only a spiritual law, that's also a law of physics. NASA found that out. They've known it for 50 years, that our body is, not, is, is designed for living on this planet. It's not designed to be put in a tin can and shot to Mars. The radiation, the loneliness, uh, there's so many factors. Our spinal cord starts to immediately deteriorate. We are not designed to travel the stars. And so what that means in my view is that if we're not designed to travel the stars, neither are the beings coming across the galaxy. So they're either going to be in a robotic form which is what NASA is proposing we do. We're either going to go into space as, as robots or as virtual beings. Or the alternative is, is that they travel the stars as light beings and then have the ability to phase into a physical flesh and blood body, which is what I believe the angels could do. There's no, no quote-unquote spaceship, hardware nuts and bolts spaceship involved in this scenario. So if we got this ahead of us, and this is what they're planning on due to us, and and you and you help bring out this information. So where's our hope? Why? What can we, what can we do about it? You know, if we were if we were all let's say we were all to be aware as you are right now and, and learned as you are right now, what would we what would be our what would be defense. our position at that time? What would be our defense? Well, first of all, you've got to identify with your organic self, and you've got first to recognize how addicted you are to this technology. And, and begin to limit your interaction with it and turn off those devices um, for some portions of the day. Maybe when you're sleeping, get away from them. Walk in nature, take your shoes off and walk in grass, okay? Re remind yourself constantly you are an organic flesh and blood being. You're not a machine. No matter how much people want to treat you as a machine, how they want to pump you full of synthetic technology, be it pharmaceutical or uh, silicon, AI type devices, don't let them break the skin barrier. Remain organic because there's something precious, excuse me, spiritually speaking about our organic body. Then, oh, go ahead. No, 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 please finish. Then I was going to say the next step is to begin to develop your organic capabilities, to go commit yourself to a quest to becoming more whole, more complete. And by definition, whole and complete means more holy and more compassionate. Start to live from that, that perspective. What's your thoughts on um, our bodies turning more crystalline and less carbon? Well, I, I think that is certainly part of the, the bifurcation that's going on is, is that 
we are right now being introduced to the possibility that we can augment our body through technology. And what I try to uh, help people understand is that we also have the ability to augment our body organically as well. And that ultimately you're, you're, the, the choice has to do with the concept of free will. Because if, if you believe in the concept of free will and your immortal soul, then you want to be very cautious about how much you turn over your free will and your organic self to Silicon Valley and their technology. Because That's very true. Transhumanism is all about control. It's not about freeing your natural capabilities. It's about control, controlling your speech, controlling your thoughts, controlling your access to information, and above all, erasing your individuality and making you part of a hive. You know, it's interesting that that hive concept there, and we're, we're starting to become more and more aware of it. I, I want to get your uh, point of view when you refer to the gods, if you would, uh, from, from the resource there. These gods, can you, can you give us a perspective if these are our gods, which are the ones, there seems to be confusion from people, which are the ones that we should acknowledge as good gods and some of the ones that were like, hey, stay away from me, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one um, because, I mean, we're, we're really are finally developing, a, 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 I think, a, a more accurate understanding of who the gods were. They, they aren't made up characters like the Avengers or something like that. Uh, they were real beings, probably extraterrestrial beings, uh, who had the ability to take on a physical incarnation. And it's, it's a very tricky argument. For example, uh, you have in the Greek tradition, you have Zeus, the king of the gods, right? His name means I'm in the act of lighting up. He flips his lid when another Greek god called Hephaestos uh, who is their god of technology, created a being called Pandora. Uh, he also built a robot, the first robot. Uh, his name was Talos. He built him to guard the island of Crete. And first you would think, wow, uh, Hephaestos, he, he created Pandora. She's the first being. Isn't this god wonderful? And and then you look at it from another perspective, from Zeus's perspective, he flipped his lip because he's like, what do you mean you're, you're creating beings in our image? What do you mean you're, you've just created a being Pandora who doesn't have a soul? So suddenly the roles are switched. And whereas before you might have thought of Zeus as the king of the gods as being this kind of uh, you know down with humanity type of a figure, he's actually our defender now. And, and we find the same thing in the Sumerian stories of the Anunnaki, where you know we have the the gods as extraterrestrials uh, tinkering with our DNA, tweaking DNA to give us the ability to become like the gods. And we think, wow, that that, that is something very desirable. But maybe it's not. Maybe we want to be human beings. Maybe we want to develop ourselves as beings and not try to become like the gods. What's your thoughts on, um, do you think that these quote gods are really at a higher consciousness level than humans or are humans really at that same level, but we've been suppressed and lied to to believe otherwise? Right. Uh, I mean, when you read the stories, and this is what we have to go on, the, the gods have a lot of human uh, fallibilities. They, they are not infallible. They, they behave immorally. They make mistakes. They, uh, 
they they do stuff that humans go, golly, that was really stupid. Um, exactly. And, and so um, they they are models in a sense, and it, it just because they have perhaps advanced technology does not make them advanced beings. I mean, we see that in our own era. Elon Musk, seriously? I mean, that was question. Technology, but this guy? Uh, wow. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, really? Uh, these the, Bill Gates? Uh, these these people have increased in consciousness and intelligence money in the world, but they're not very exemplar human beings. You know, you're you're it's just the way they behave, and the gods did the same thing. Well, your sure. your information when you get it, because you're again, it's fascinating to know the person that's the messenger here. Um, so when you get it, how much of it is it you learned your research, and how much of it would you equate to your intuition that you seem to be getting this from? Well, I I most of it. I I mean, I'm a, a researcher, and I view my service to people. And I I for example, uh, I live here in Nashville, and and I have access to the Vanderbilt University Divinity Library, which is one of the finest uh, metaphysical libraries in the world, spiritual libraries in the world. So, research that I do, for example, I'm, I'm writing a book about the Essenes right now. It is based on academic level, PhD level material. Uh, and that's just the path that I chose. I chose that because there's a lot of people that are writing purely intuitive works about the Essenes that are very good. You have Edgar Casey who did a dream work about the Essenes. You have people channeling the Essenes. And I saw a, a, a place where, well, wait a minute, there's, there's another level here and I want to bring that information in. So uh, the majority of the work that I do across the board, be it on transhumanism or ancient extraterrestrial intervention or um, any other matters, human spiritual transformation. I'm trying to go up to that PhD level and bring it down to the popular level. Just to be able to validate that more. To validate it and also to give some connective tissue. For example, uh, I've been now teaching about the concept of ascension for over a decade now. And I'm, I'm continually surprised by the number of people that say, gosh, I, I thought ascension was new. I thought that was something we just had begun, and they didn't realize there's a whole 5,000-year history of humanity on the path of ascension. And so as a, as a mythologist and, and a historian or a person interested in history, I'm trying to bring those stair steps along so that people recognize they have a, a very, very solid footing in exploring these areas. So it's not just me thinking, well, I think this is what's happening. I'm, I'm saying, here is a here is some validated sources that you can refer to that also thought the same things and make up your own mind. Thank you for that. Yeah, um, I'm curious to know, what is your day like? Uh, are you, do you meditate daily? Do you eat, like, are, are you a vegan? Dive right in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm an early riser. Uh, 5.30 is late for me to awaken. I, I love the, the, the early mornings and I'll usually work three, four or five hours. Uh, and I consider in, a, in many, many respects, my, my work itself is meditation. I do visualization work. Um, I'm known for uh, teaching about the, the meditative aspects or qualities and benefits of sacred art and how art has been created for many thousands of years to connect us with the divine within ourselves as well as with other divine beings. And so I'm on a constant search for 
sacred art that reflects this. And I'm always working with it. So as I'm uh, working uh, on a day-to-day -day basis with these images, it's not a constant, but it's a pretty steady process of contempla contemplation, meditation, and reflection on these images. Um, uh, the, divine within our, the divine within ourselves that you referenced to, are we gods and goddesses here also on this earth that maybe have been cloaked to not think that we do, or do we have access that real potential? Yeah, we have that potential. I mean, I'm very much of, of the Gnostic school that says we all have a, a, a pearl within us or refer to it as the divine spark that manifests the physical body. And this, this pearl within this divine spark has constant contact with our true divine self, our greater divine self. And we're trying to, to live, uh, live out that divine aspect while incarnate in a physical body. Right on. Thank you for that. I appreciate that explanation also. Uh, leading me into the Messiah Project, speaking of gods and goddesses, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I, I've, a long, for a long time, I've been uh, lo looking into, well, you can almost say hooked on, a Jewish legend uh, that comes from Lewis Ginsburg. Uh, he, he was a noted uh, Jewish historian, and he talked about how there's a, a to-do list that must be fulfilled when, at the time of the, the Messiah returns. And mind you, uh, people have been talking about uh, this concept since well, since about 2600 BC. And um, so when I refer to the Messiah Project, it's, it's all about uh, fulfilling this checklist, which most notably, and in the, the, the connection that I most deeply research, has to do with the reacquisition of the Ark of the Covenant. And so that's that's one of my specialties, is trying to understand the, the true nature of the Ark of the Covenant and its role in our present era. I mean, if we are in the quote unquote end times, which is not the end, end, end of the world, but it is a process of awakening. And we can expect the Ark of the Covenant to be manifesting about any day now. Which that leads me right into my next question. That The Ark of the Covenant is probably one of the greatest mysteries of all time. Do you believe that, number one, it exists somewhere in our world? And number two, do you believe that we are going to find it? Um, I'm not sure it's in our material world. Uh, so many uh, references tell us that the angels took it off the planet, but it will be returned. And I, I feel like it, it could be like a, a manifested object that is brought over from a higher dimension. It's, I can tell you one thing for sure. It, it's not that golden box like you see in the Indiana Jones movies. What is from your interpretation? Well, from my my interpretation is based on the Jewish accounts of what the Ark of the Covenant was, um, and it is uh, true that it includes that golden box, but it also includes other components, including the rod of Aaron, uh, a flask of manna, uh, a cruise of anointing oil that can dissolve our body into rainbow-colored light, and two tablets. And, and my work is unique in that I, I looked at those components and there have been many uh, previous commentators on the Ark of the Covenant that had referenced those components, but nobody assembled them. 
I, I looked at them and said, these, these are like pieces. In, in other words, it's kind of like when they're usually talking about the Ark of the Covenant, you can think of it as the iMac on my desk here. And they're saying, here's the Ark of the Covenant. It's this big, beautiful screen. Isn't it wonderful? And it's like, yeah, it sure is. But tell me about the keyboard, the mouse, the power cord, and the software that goes along with it. What do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's what you usually get. Okay? Like, so we got the whole thing together. And when you put the whole thing together, according to the Jewish histories, uh, and it is a, a symbol or a, a device, if you will, a, a sign, symbol, or technology from uh, the Jewish uh, Jewish historical perspective. Um, when you assemble it, you, you get something called the Edomagia throne of Christ. You get the throne of Buddha, and you get something that you the Merkaba, the, the, the chariot of the gods. And that's that's what its function was. It was a, a conduit that linked the material world and uh, flesh and blood humans with, with the divine realm. Uh, your opinion, real, real, are you- Real quick. So it's not hiding in Ethiopia in a church? No. Your, your opinion is, are we to see a return of a Messiah of sorts? Yeah, I mean, that is that is what ultimately these times are, are said to be about, is the, the manifestation of the Messiah, the rebuilding of, of Solomon's temple, and the introduction of a new era of peace referred to as the New Jerusalem or Sion, which is a, a time when we're, we're connected with, with the divine realm. Do you think that there is a flesh and blood antichrist or do we all have some antichrist in us just like we all have Christ consciousness? Christ consciousness. Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a tricky one. Um, I mean the way I view this uh, and I've written articles about this recently on my website as you've got here williamhenry.net. Um let me just paraphrase it this way or introduce it this way. I started looking at people like Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and the people at Twitter and Google and wondering why are they so authoritarian and totalitarian? Why are they so anti-human? Why do they want to control us? They, they behave just like the communist Chinese dictators in China. But they're not communists. So what's going on here? And and then I heard uh, a Chinese economist uh, on a news program, and he, and he was talking to a group of Chinese people, and he was saying, "Oh, we don't worry about the 2020 election, uh, presidential election. We've got old friends in high places in Washington D.C." And I'm thinking. What do you mean by old friends? Like you went to college together or something? You were drinking buddies in the 80s? What do you mean? Do you mean lecture old friends or old friends? And I started to think, well, wait a minute. They, they behave identically, even though they're from different cultures, but could they be from the same original source? And then I got to reading the book of Revelation where it talks about the dragon that engenders the two beasts. First beast gets everybody to take the mark of the beast and worship the image of the beast, which certainly could be interpreted as some global AI type of technology. And then the second beast appears, which is the Antichrist. And I got to thinking, well, okay, what if it's all of these totalitarian type people? What if they all are the dragon? Where they serve this dragon? 
because they're the ones that are promoting this AI technology and this totalitarian, anti-human, anti-soul, anti-Christ state of existence. Exactly. So yes, they are individuals, but I think they're also a collective that want to see the whole planet transform into some kind of just giant anti-human soul, soulless hive. With that being said, then, do you think, does the possibility exist? You hear so much about reptilians. Do you think that they have some type of lineage from the reptilians? I'm not a huge advocate of the whole bloodline idea. I, I had a very good friend, Sir Lawrence Gardner, that, that wrote about that uh, extensively and connected them with the reptilians. And, and part of the reason why I don't go into the whole lineage idea is because it, it one, it, it's very time consuming to follow the Rothschilds and Rockefellers and all them around and to, and to, and to follow the money. And yeah. I just decided I would rather devote that time to developing my own self spiritually rather than worrying about what somebody else is doing. Good that's for great. you. Good for you. And yeah. so that, that's just that's the decision great. that I made. And there's there's nuanced reasons that go along with that, but generally that that's where I, I come from on that question. Excellent. So William, last year there was just such a push. I mean, as far as alternative media coming out and talking about things like you know you've probably been researching forever, it clones and Double, and things of that nature that they're, they're all CGI's that are all in us right now. We're seeing them, I and mean, we were every every other person we're hearing from is though that's a clone, that's a clone, that's a clone. It's a how, devil, much, it's a how, how much truth is to that? Is there is there a lot of these clones walking around right now? Or are they very very selective to certain people, such as the president of the United States, a prime minister, or such? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I look at that and I think that, that that's very interesting. I think it's entirely possible, but I don't have any evidence or reason to, uh, or anything really to add uh, to that perspective. Okay. You, you yeah, have, I, I was actually. I got one if you don't have. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, the vaccine. Do you believe that's the mark of the beast? Were the first steps to it? That the, the vaccine is part of that? Correct. I, I, I think you would be kind of uh, disingenuous if you didn't at least think that's possible. I heard that possibility, yeah. I mean, definitely, because, and I've, I've also written about this uh, in articles when COVID first struck last spring, and remember when Bill Gates was talking about his quantum tattoo, and that would be a delivery system for the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think they are, they are definitely reading the book of Revelation like a cookbook or a script, and have been for a long time. And that they are coercing us into a, a state where we just completely uh, disavow any spiritual connection that we have or any uh, connection to our soul. And because what they want to do, and uh, just quickly on this, I mean, up until February 2020, I was actually kind of hopeful that we were winning this phase of the, of the battle. And what I mean by that is that I was talking a lot about transhumanism and how there's the big push for that, but that people were rejecting the virtual world. 
They were virtually they were rejecting the synthetic world. They didn't call it the synthetic world. They were they were rejecting the virtual glasses, virtual reality glasses, and and, and to a large extent this the online simulated reality that they're trying to to herd us into. And this was reflected in article after article in various business journals that these companies, they, they just weren't making it. And then COVID hits and suddenly like that, everything now becomes virtual. Well, I was quite, uh, quite alarmed actually. I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was alarmed uh, back a couple of months ago to receive a, a copy of a 2020 uh, presentation that was given by Dennis Bushnell, who is NASA's high priest and chief scientist in Langley, Virginia. And back in 2020, he was already, excuse me, back in the year 2000, excuse me, in the year 2000, he was already pitching to uh, military contractors the understanding that we're going to move through a phase where we merge with AI, and then the next phase after that would be the virtual phase. So, so this has been the plan. And the progression is to get you out of your physical body by first turning it into a more synthetic type of a being, taking away your organic self, which means deplete the immune system, get you to uh, accept some sort of a, a synthetic boost to it, and to very uh, rapidly then begin to connect with a more synthetic or artificial version of yourself, leading ultimately to the creation of your uh, AI avatar, your cartoon self that will exist online. This is very, very clearly planned. Um, with that being said, prophecy. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that we are self-fulfilling what has been foretold for thousands of years or like, in other words, are we creating prophecy? Well, I think I think some of these prophecies are actually cyclical. They're so archetypal in their symbolism that you could go to various eras throughout history and say, oh, this or that person was definitely the beast. That was the mark of the beast. This is the, uh, that, that was the end times. And so I can very clearly see <clears throat> the perspective of where your question is coming from that that we're we're manifesting this exactly it's or they're like you said using it as a cookbook we're using it as a cookbook we're using right. it as a cookbook which is a very fascinating perspective on that seven years of tribulation then if you take a look at from a prophetic point of view are we in it william i would say so you think yeah yeah, yeah. how far do you think we're how far in well to go back to my swimming pool analogy we're definitely not in the kiddie pool we're yeah. we're not in the three feet deep side we're we're the we're getting six and maybe into 10 feet so we're we're, we're deep into it for sure where do you see us heading in let's say the next year three years and then five years well i mean we're there's gonna have to be some pushback on what is happening and and that is the, the hopeful scenario here is that all of the work that millions of people around the world are doing for in terms of their spiritual work, they're praying, they're meditating, will suddenly cause a sort of a blossoming of, of consciousness, that sort of hundred, hundredth monkey effect. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's the hopeful side. But we also see very clear evidence of just how dug in um, the, the quote unquote dark side is in, in their enforcement of 
the mark of the beast and the technology of the beast, the one world government and uh, the introduction of a, more of a, a, a demonic reality. And, and I say that uh, because this is what we're starting to see coming into the UFO disclosure area where the, the, the Pentagon insiders, Lou Elizondo and others, Nick Pope, have, have said from their, their insider's perspective that many of these military people believe that some of the unidentified aerial phenomena, the UFOs that we're seeing, are in fact demons. And I, I didn't used to th believe that. I didn't used to think in those terms. Uh, maybe five years ago, I wouldn't have accepted that. But now I do, because I see very, very definitively that what many of these corporations, some of these governments, in fact, are doing can only be understood if you think of it as, as demonic and more. It's definitely anti-human and anti-Christ. What do, you, what do you think the other side of the tribulation is going to look like? If, we, if we're if we pretty head deep in it, chin deep, nose deep, whatever, what do you think the other side looks like for us once we get through it? If we can, right through do, it. We, do we have, do we got a good shot at this one? I think we have a, a very good shot at it. And I, we, we probably can't quite conceive. It's very much like the technological singularity. I mean, by definition, nobody knows what's going to happen if and when and it's likely they will when the when the AI that we're creating becomes smarter than all of us combined. We, we don't know what will happen. And similarly, we don't know what will happen on the other side of a, of a, of a maybe an, even an instantaneous global mass illumination. It, it's somewhat inconceivable. Um, I think that we recognize that one one way we will know when we're in that is when our bodies tend to mirror that of the resurrected Christ. That, that is part of the promise of, of these times, is that we will be like Christ in his resurrected state. That means we will be more light than we will be flesh and blood. Um, a lot of people say <clears throat> you know, there's, the dark, there, there's this battle between uh, the dark and the light, and that the light is winning, and that the dark is... Um, there's a million versions. They're being shipped off. They're being going to Mars. They're being killed off. The uh, you know the, the bombs are being taken out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do you think there is any truth to that? I have no way of knowing, um, but I, I sure see that activity on the daily news. So it, it makes me think they're still here, very much here. In fact. Yeah. So you know, we get to the other side of this. This is a good thing. This is a good thing for us to at least put forward and and really. Just again, I know it sounds so simplistic, but meditation, you know, uh, people energetically connected seems to be, you know, a big step towards that direction. I want to ask you about your view, your interpretation when people, again, things that have been thrown around very aggressively this last year, year and a half, when people talk in terms of dimensions, uh, like third dimension, five dimension, this number dimension, this dimension. How do you interpret all that as far as the third dimension? Like, what's your view on that? Yeah, I mean, I... Uh... I, I appreciate people trying to grasp the concept of living in 5D and so forth. Um, I mean, I think we need to be shown a little bit more. Uh, and also, you know, we, I, I try to bring things into the here and now, too. I mean, part of what Ascension is about isn't just transmuting your body into light so that you can beam yourself to a 5D reality. It, it's more so about transforming this reality 
into something that matches that. And th that's where my, my focus is at. That's where I would encourage people to, to start to think about how can we transform our reality to match like we would ex expect in, in, a, in a heavenly existence. Can we in fact do that? And it can be a, a complicated question. For example, um, I, I wrote an article on my website that a lot of people just, they hate it. Uh, it's about uh, Congressman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who wants to create a more just society. Well, so do I. <laughs> my definition of just society comes from the book of Hebrews where Jesus talks about Zion and a place that's inhabited by angels and just or right humans made perfect. And it's essentially socialistic and communistic. And so when we reconcile Jesus maybe the vision of a just society with what the U.S. government is presently promoting via uh, Congressman Ocasio-Cortez, the answer is no, we can't. Be, and because the, the, their version of it is it's driven by government, and it doesn't it isn't soul based, and it doesn't allow really for human transformation. This is what we have to grapple with. We have to find a way to take our society and and transform it into an elevated or ascended society. So we actually want to bring that instead of thinking um, then William instead of thinking like we're going up, we need to bring it down kind of thing. Right. And and so I, I, I don't know. I don't know anybody that's been to the 5D world. And uh, for that matter, we, you could say, well, name me somebody that, that actually ascended or is, is living an ascended life on on Earth. Um, but this is what ultimately we've got to define is what will that life be like? And this goes back to your question about what's going to be like on the other side of the tribulation. You can say, oh, it's going to be all love and light. Well, OK. And. And, you know, how, how will you feed yourself? Uh, you know, what will, what will the practical aspects of life be like? And this is where we're at right now. And then once we can identify that, then we can start to reverse engineer that, I think. The, uh, the, uh, as far as the currencies relate to, uh, William, the, the cryptocurrencies as you do it, how much of that is in play as far as the overall plan, as far as getting people, you feel, to move to, you know, this new world of thinking, if you would? I have I don't know. I, that, that's just not something I, I, I get into at all. So um, while we're coming down to the end of the show, uh, you have so much going on right now. What is happening in your future for the next year? Gosh, um, we're going to be busy with Ancient Aliens. We're starting a new season uh, here in another few weeks or so. Uh, hopefully traveling again. Looking very much I forward to it. Re returning to Egypt in, in November and then on into 22. So those are two of the really big things that I'm looking forward to. Good for you. Good for Excellent. You. you know, with all your views of everything and what you've learned over different faiths, different religions, different belief systems, who do you think is the closest to having it right? I would say the Essenes. Um, I have a pretty heavy focus on the Essenes. Of course, these are Jewish mystics around mostly Jewish mystics, but also uh, heavily influenced by Buddhism and Zoroastrianism. Uh, and I say that they, they had it closer to right because they were actively trying to transform themselves into angels and said they, in fact, were living with angels who were 
extraterrestrials. So they were very good exemplars of what a culture or civilization could possibly be like that, that is fully locked onto the concept of ascension because they were absolutely devoted to that concept. The Essenes it is, everybody. Check it out and check out more about our good friend, Mr. William Henry at williamhenry.net. It's been a pleasure to get to know you and meet you today. Thank you very much for your wisdom. We appreciate, it. We appreciate your service too, that you're bringing out and keeping us informed. And thank you everybody for having us in your home. It's been a great experience for us, as I'm sure it has been for you. And uh, we will be seeing you again next time. Thank you. And together we are turning the universal key to global harmony and creating a unified world. Thank you everyone for tuning in. And remember, tune in often, tell all your friends. Most importantly, may all dreams come true. Many blessings. like to share a story while it may sound fictional it's very real and happening right now in front of our very eyes it's called the great awakening our sisters and brothers that come on spiritually raw are doing everything to help expand global consciousness and in many cases putting everything on the line to share their messages about what's happening around the world for the greater good of humanity while exposing the truth of the deep state and the dark forces behind it all we are living in the most unbelievable times. Some may even say biblical, scary for many and yet exhilarating for others. Together we are taking part in getting everyone acclimated to the great awakening process and the exciting new discoveries that lie ahead. The sad part is many of our amazing guests are being heavily censored, socially shamed and outright banned on many platforms for exposing the truth and piercing the veil. By becoming a viewer, you bring your powerful energy towards this global movement of other truth seekers. If you're resonating with our show, please let us know by hitting the like button, sharing, subscribing, turn on the notification, and leave some comments. Together, we will turn the universal key to global harmony and create a unified world. And remember, tune in often, tell all your friends, and most importantly, may all your dreams come true. Thanks and God bless patriots worldwide.